Coming right up, a special edition of Straight Talk, Lincoln at 200. Our guest tonight, expert on President Lincoln and former presidential speechwriter, Craig Smith, as we continue to celebrate our 15th anniversary year. Opinions expressed in the following program do not necessarily reflect the views of Charter Communications nor its sponsors. We recognize our obligation to present opposing points of view by responsible spokespersons. For information, please contact the director of program. She stands in the face of evil and will not lose her hope or faith. America, the land of freedom, is still the home of the brave. So raise the banner, call the glory, let us join our fellow man. Great Talk is brought to you in part by Southern California Edison. For over 100 years, life powered by Edison. The Press-Telegram, your local news leader for over 100 years. And Long Beach Magazine. Coastal living, city style. Join us for tonight's edition of Straight Talk. And now your host, Art Levine. Good evening and welcome to Straight Talk. We're delighted you're joining us tonight for this special edition on the 200th anniversary of the birth of President Abraham Lincoln. With us tonight for the whole show is an expert on President Lincoln, also former presidential speechwriter, also director of the Center for First Amendment Studies at California State University, Long Beach, our friend Craig Smith. Craig, welcome back to Straight Talk. It's good to be here again. Everybody views President Lincoln as, uh, as our greatest president. Tell us why. Well, he faced our greatest crisis, uh, a civil war in which over 600,000 men were killed as soldiers. Uh, by the time he took his first inaugural, in those days it was March, uh, fourth that they took the inaugural. By the time he stood to take the oath of office, seven states had already left the Union. So he faced uh, uh, the greatest crisis and it produced the greatest president. And I think historians generally say that to be a great president you have to face a great crisis, whether it was President Roosevelt in the Depression in World War II, uh, uh, Washington uh, starting the country, and uh, and now, perhaps, uh, jumping ahead, President Obama is facing some real crises. Well, he's got problems in the Middle East, he has problems in Afghanistan, and of course he's got close to a depression at home. These unemployment numbers that have been coming out are, are astounding. And getting through this is going to be very difficult. Well, let's go back in history to uh, President Lincoln's upbringing. Uh, give us a sense of, uh, of, of his childhood. It was rough. Uh, he was born in a shack in Kentucky uh, in 1809. Uh, before he was two years old, his mother, Nancy Hanks Lincoln, had died. 
the father then moved uh, Lincoln and the children uh, to Indiana, where he remarried. Uh, and so that the early part uh, uh, of Lincoln's life is, is very difficult. Uh, there's no public schooling in Indiana. He has to read and educate himself. Uh, Lincoln later said his, his favorite works, his most inspirational works, were the works of Shakespeare and the King James Version of the Bible, which if, of course was uh, created by King James in 1611 and is a composite of older Bibles, but it's the most beautifully written Bible, no matter how you feel about it. Uh, the wording is what inspires Lincoln later on. And of course, like President Obama, uh, President Lincoln's oratory is what made him uh, into the successful politician that he became. And of course, he never went to college. No, there was no college. In fact, there was no law school. He, uh, he studied for the bar by reading on his own, and then you took the test. He moved to New Salem, Illinois, uh, and took the test for the bar in Springfield and became a lawyer uh, in Illinois, and then began to build his career from there. And then he was elected to Congress. Well, he first he was elected to the state legislature. Yes. He served in the state legislature uh, for eight years, uh, from 1836 to 1842. The Illinois state legislature. The Illinois state legislature. And it was during that time that two more tragedies struck Lincoln. Uh, he fell in love with a woman named Ann Rutledge, and she died. Uh, he then met, uh, in 1840, uh, a very pretty and witty young woman named Mary Todd. and. Uh, uh, Lincoln's rival, Stephen A. Douglas, was also dating Mary Todd. They were both in the legislature. <laughs> and, and, the, and the joke is that Lincoln lost because Mary Todd picked him to be her husband. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it later turned out that Mary Todd was, was a bit crazy. Uh, and, and that led to some problems in, in, in the marriage. But they were married in 1842. And then Lincoln was elected to the Congress in 1846. So he arrived in Congress just as we were declaring war on Mexico. Uh, the Mexican-American War followed. Lincoln opposed the war. He voted against it, which is another kind of parallel he has with Barack Obama opposing uh, military inter intervention in Iraq. Um, uh, Lincoln opposed the war and then lost re-election because of his opposition to the Mexican-American War, which increased the size of the United States by 20%. And which was uh, obviously popular. Yes. Uh, supported by a majority yes. of Congress. Yes, the, the president, President Polk, uh, used the battle cry, Manifest Destiny. It is our manifest destiny. Ah, that's where that started. And Boy, we've, we've spread yeah. that oh, yeah. a lot beyond Mexico. Oh, yeah. no, it, that was the first use. And, and he said it was our manifest destiny to be a country that went from sea to shining sea. So uh, the, the war with Mexico gave us California and gave us the Pacific and the Oregon Territory. And so President Polk got that expansion. And Lincoln on. opposed it on the, on the principle of what? Uh, number one, that it was a provoked war, that, it was, that Mexico wanted to settle with us, and we didn't. President Polk didn't because he wanted to take the territory. Uh, number two, he opposed it because he said it would lead to a civil war. He knew that the new states that were going to be admitted out of wow. this territory would come in either as slave or free. And as he said in 1858, uh, when he accepted the Republican nomination for Senate, uh, uh, you know, a nation, a house divided against itself cannot stand. We cannot exist half slave, half free. And those words were, of course, absolutely true. And that wasn't our only provoked war. Uh, remember the Maine and Cuba. Yes. 
uh, that was in uh, 1898, the Spanish-American War. Again, uh, in, that, in that case, Spain sued for peace. They didn't want to go to war, uh, but the war hawks uh, in Congress overrode the president, and, uh, and we went to war. So President Lincoln lost his congressional seat voting on a matter of principle on yes. this. Yes. And then where did he go? He went back to uh, practice law for 12 years. Uh, but he continued to speak around the state in Illinois. He supported Republican candidates when, the, when that party was formed in 1854. And the, the growing crisis is what catapulted Lincoln into the national spotlight. Uh, his, his rival, Stephen A. Douglas, in the Senate, passed legislation called the Kansas-Nebraska Act, which allowed the states to decide whether they would come in as a slave state or a free state. And that led to a civil war inside Kansas, which was a preview of the civil war to come. The slave states sent people into Kansas to form a government. The free states sent people into Kansas to form a government, and they started shooting at one another. John Brown came in there and killed a whole bunch of people in Osawatomie in Kansas. So Lincoln gave uh, a number of speeches attacking the Kansas-Nebraska Act and Stephen A. Douglas, and so he got nominated for the Senate. Uh, the Republican nomination in 1858. And then, of course, were the famous Lincoln-Douglas debates, which we'll That's talk right. about in the, in the next segment. A fascinating, fascinating history of uh, our beloved President Lincoln. We'll be back with more of Straight Talk after these messages. Electricity is different from any other product we use. We can't store it. We must use it wisely, but can't do without it completely. And there's no substitute for this special form of energy that brings us light, comfort, and progress. That's why California needs new standards that can keep utilities strong, guard against another power crisis, and protect consumers from the kind of shortages that often affect other commodities. Because electricity is different. The Port of Long Beach, one of the region's largest construction contractors, has work for businesses big and small. The SBE, or Small Business Enterprise Program, was established by the Board of Harbor Commissioners in 2004 to boost the local economy. Through this program, small businesses get a chance at big port contracts in the areas of construction, environmental consulting, engineering and architectural services, and more. To learn more, log on to www.polb.com or call 562-590-4146. The Marketplace Long Beach, where you can shop for a fabulous selection of merchandise. Dine out tonight. Shop in a relaxing environment. Explore all there is to enjoy at The Marketplace Long Beach, PCH and 2nd Street, online at MarketplaceLongBeach.com. The Marketplace Long Beach. For over 80 years, Community Hospital of Long Beach has served the greater Long Beach community by providing the best medical care possible with a focus on clinical excellence and a caring, compassionate, personalized approach for every patient. It is our goal to be the community's preferred health care provider, providing a 24-7 rapid response emergency department, a state-of-the-art cancer center, and a free wellness and diabetes program. We are proud to introduce CHLB's new bariatrics program featuring the safe and effective lap band system. Community Hospital of Long Beach. When you have a choice, choose the best. Welcome back. Continuing this fascinating discussion on President Lincoln as we celebrate the 200th anniversary of his birth this, this February with, uh, with our expert and friend Craig Smith. So 
Uh, so now the Lincoln-Douglas debates. He, Lincoln is now running for the United States Senate against Stephen Douglas, and they have a series of debates. There's no radio, no television, of That's course, right. but, but this was big news. This was big news, and uh, they drew big audiences. Each of them spoke separately in Springfield, and then each of them spoke separately in Chicago, and then they had seven joint appearances. Um, and it's during these debates where Lincoln says about Douglas, you can fool some of the people all of the time, and all of the people some of the time, but you can't fool all the people all the time, which got a big laugh from the crowd. Um, and they worked out their positions on slavery and uh, what the country was about to do. And it made uh, Lincoln, even though he lost the election to Douglas because they were selected by the state legislature at the time, it made Lincoln into a national figure, uh, these seven debates across the state of Illinois. And then, of course, he runs for president. And by the way, public television had a great recreation a few years ago of the Lincoln-Douglas debates. I, I suspect they'll replay them this year. Well, yes, and, and what's interesting is people need to know the format. The first speaker spoke for an hour. The second speaker spoke for 90 minutes, and the first speaker then came back for 30 minutes. I, I don't think the public uh, <laughs> no, could, no, could do it. We're five minutes in and out. Uh, that's right, yeah, that's yeah. right. So Lincoln is running for president in 1860. Uh, the country is poised on, on maybe civil war. Right. Who's his opponent and what were the issues? Well, good old Stephen A. Douglas is his, is, is his major opponent. Uh, both of them from Illinois. There's a Southern candidate from the Union Party named Bell. Lincoln got the nomination because he went to New York City and he gave a speech at the Cooper Union Institute. Um, his rival for the Republican nomination, William Seward, the governor of New York, brought him in to show people that Lincoln was not a very good speaker. <laughs> uh, because he had a high voice and he had a Midwestern twang. But what he said at the Cooper Union Institute was to challenge the South and to tell them that they had no right to secede. And he, and, and he, he turned the audience around and Seward suddenly realized he had a real opponent for the Republican nomination. There was a lot of wheeling and dealing in many ballots at the Republican convention. Uh, eventually, Lincoln just started promising cabinet posts to people. He made Seward, his chief rival, Secretary of State, just as Barack Obama made Hillary Clinton his chief rival, Secretary of State. Um, and, and in any case, uh, the, uh, the election went on. Lincoln only got 42% of the vote. But no, wait, so Lincoln gets the Republican, Republican nomination. Won. Who's his opponent? Stephen Douglas got the Democratic nomination, and Bell and Breckinridge, there were several other candidates. They split the vote up so that even with only 42% of the vote, Lincoln got more electoral votes than anybody else. And that led the South. They remembered his house divided speech. They remembered the Cooper Union. So they're Institute. out of here. They're out of here. Seven states had seceded by March 4th. But just to be clear, the issue was not slavery. Lincoln's prime goal was to keep the Union together. That's correct. The slavery came later. The slavery issue, the war goal was to keep, you're absolutely right, the war goal was to keep the Union together. Lincoln said these people had no right to secede, and therefore we're going to, we're going to have to go to war uh, to keep the Union together. Two years later, after losing battle after battle, the Union finally won a big battle at Sharpsburg, also called Antietam. And after that, they added the end of slavery as a war goal. Uh, Lincoln announced the Emancipation Proclamation, freeing the slaves uh, right after the Antietam battle. And what was the motivation at that point to, to gain support among blacks for fighting the war? Or why at that moment did Lincoln 
say we're going to free the slaves? Uh, I think a number of reasons. One, there was a hope that there would be rebellions among blacks in the South. Uh, secondly, this would undercut uh, support for the South in, 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 in various areas, and it gave a, a, a more um, focused goal for Northern soldiers uh, in, in the battles that they went into. And of course, the crucial battle was then Gettysburg in 1863, July 1 through 4, uh, which the North won through a, a bunch of miracle things that happened at Gettysburg. Uh, and, and so in November of 1863, Lincoln came to Gettysburg and gave his famous Lincoln's Gettysburg Address, which elevates the Declaration of Independence above the Constitution, that we are a people of the people, by the people, and for the people. You know, maybe God smiles over the United States of America because in several key battles, yeah. starting with the Revolutionary War, yes. now the Civil War, the margin of victory was very, very slim. Yes. It could have gone either way. Well, in fact, uh, Gettysburg, uh, Longstreet, General Longstreet, told General Lee not to fight the Battle of Gettysburg, but to go around Gettysburg and charge right into Washington. Imagine if they had done that. The whole Northern Army would have been bypassed and they would have seized Washington, D.C. Yeah. Lincoln and the government would have had to fled to Philadelphia. God knows what would have happened. Yeah. But Lee decided to engage. Mm -hmm. And then by 19, 1864, for his re-election, is the war over and, and, and Lincoln is running as a successful president who kept the country together? He's running as that, but the war is still going, and he's opposed by one of his generals. Uh, one of his generals is nominated uh, by the other side, by the Democrats, but Lincoln wins the election handily. Uh, and then he gives uh, his second inaugural, which is, which is one of the most beautiful moments uh, in, in his career. Uh, it's very famous. He ended with malice toward none, with charity toward all, with firmness in the right as God gives us the right to see let us strive to finish the work we are in, to bind up the nation's wounds, to care for him who shall have borne the battle and for his widow and his orphan. Wow. And President Obama has reached out to, in his inaugural, to others to be inclusive. And, and, and is appointing some to his cabinet. Yes, absolutely. He's appointing Republicans and okay. all kinds of people. Well, we'll continue with Straight Talk after we pause for these messages. Bill Trainees mixes California style with continental cuisine that includes fresh seafood from around the world. Since Phil is the chef, the menu has a wide variety of pastas, salads, soups, and appetizers that feature his unique personal touch. And the Italian-American signature dishes are simply beyond delicious. You never know who you're going to run into at Trainees, from the famous sports legends on the Wall of Fame to local celebrities having a drink at the bar. For the best fine dining experience, visit Phil Trainees. At Performance Plus Tire, you'll find we carry Toyo tires. For over 50 years, Toyo has been a world leader in the development of high-quality tires. Optimum performance, safety, and a comfortable ride. That's what makes Toyo tires great. And now come into Performance Plus Tire for a great deal on these Toyo tires. Proxies ST, Open Country AT, and Proxies 4. Toyo tires, driven to perform. Come in today and we'll install new Toyo tires on your vehicle while you wait. Performance Plus Tire on Cherry Avenue, one mile north of the 405 in Long Beach. It's Big Red Bus. Our English double-decker buses offer large groups a fun, unique, inexpensive alternative to standard transportation. Bar hopping, weddings, sporting events, airport pickups, kids' parties, you name it and we'll help customize the perfect experience. We have open and closed top buses available. Both are equipped with custom-built bars, stereo systems, and a friendly hostess. Alcohol is permitted on board. 
For your next event or fun occasion, call Big Red Bus at 562-852-9888 or visit us on the web. Welcome to Maury's of Naples. Maury's is a unique store specializing in wine, spirits, beers, gift baskets, gourmet foods, and European specialties. Upon entering, you'll encounter a vast selection and a staff that is more than willing to assist you. Take time to look around. You'll be amazed. Wine and beer tasting is held every week. Visit Maury's.com to get the latest information. Maury's of Naples, since 1938, where customer satisfaction is our top priority. Continuing this remarkable history of President Lincoln with our expert, Craig Smith. So Lincoln is elected in 1864, inaugurated in March, mm -hmm. and then what? He's assassinated April 14th. 1864 before the war, 1865, as the war is winding down. Uh, the war will end a month later, but Lincoln doesn't see the end of the war. Uh, he's succeeded by a Democratic vice president that he picked, uh, Andrew Johnson, to be on the ticket to unify the country. He'd been uh, out of Tennessee. He becomes president, and uh, all kinds of problems develop between the Republican Congress and Andrew Johnson, who's eventually impeached. A personal note, my birthday, April 14th, same day as his, President Lincoln's assassination, well, I, I, same I initials. A, I hope it's a luckier day for you yes. than it was for Lincoln. Yeah. And ironically, President Roosevelt never, see, uh, he died in April yes. of French. natural causes yeah. and almost, uh, but did not see the end of the war that That's he right. had. That's right. Yeah. Well, let's turn to, to the present now for a moment, because President Obama Lincoln was his hero and in oh, many absolutely. ways his model himself. Uh, yes, he's read all of Shakespeare's works, uh, just like Lincoln. He's read the King James Version of the Bible, just like Lincoln. He's, he's read uh, biographies of Lincoln uh, that, that have inspired him. And, and so you, you begin to see a, a path. Uh, Barack Obama, as you may recall in the election, many people said he really hadn't spent that much time in the Congress and wasn't you know, qualified to be president, but there, Lincoln was his model. And he didn't do a bad job. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, every, everyone... So different. Obama and Lincoln were both in the state legislature. Yes. They both were elected president from Illinois, and yeah. uh, were they the only ones, or there was one other president? I think Ulysses S. Grant, Salina, okay. uh, Galina, Illinois, okay. uh, was, was another one. Um, but yeah, uh, the, there is that, that parallel between them. And they both... Are, uh, have a way with words. I mean, yes. w w whether you agree or disagree with President Obama's position, he is an articulate president that uh, is a pleasure to listen to. And you see him formulating answers, thoughtful answers to questions in real time, yeah. not pumping out little tidbits. Well, there seems to be an authenticity about him uh, that, that's very contagious. He seems, uh, you know, clearly a very bright guy. I mean, he, he was the you know, the editor of Harvard Law Review, and you know how difficult that position is to get. Uh, and so, uh, you know, he's bright, uh, he's, he's, he speaks very well, um, and hopefully, you know, he can lead the country out of this uh, economic mess we're in. And as we mentioned and earlier, he is reaching out, as Lincoln did, to embrace his rivals, yes. appointing Republicans to the cabinet. And recently uh, uh, mentioned, I don't think I remember a president ever saying, I screwed up, mm -hmm. quote, unquote. Yeah. So there's an authenticity, as you say. Well, and I think that he's also reaching out to the international community. They're really rooting for him. I was in Italy, uh, in Rome, during the inaugural. I gave a lecture on inauguration speeches to the American community there, and we, we then watched 
uh, the inauguration. And it was, it was thrilling uh, to see the reaction of the Italians to uh, the swearing in of this man. And I know uh, you were last uh, on our show that was taped in June. We talked about likely winners, and uh, at that time, although there were a lot of ifs coming, you thought McCain might be victorious. Yep. But uh, I think we all have to root for President uh, Obama. Uh, he's our president, and he's facing, as did Lincoln, uh, enormous crises. Yeah, and I think that, you know, on September 12th, McCain was in the lead. And then the economy went south. Yeah. It was just one more thing that we couldn't endure anymore. Yeah. I think if McCain had won, it would have been a presidency not worth having. I think there would have been charges that the American public was racist, and that's how McCain won. He would have inherited all the problems of Bush being too close to that administration. So I think that the public, in their wisdom, said, let's try something different. Let's just yeah. pray this works yeah. and, and put Barack Obama in office. And give us your thoughts about, uh, about the future. Uh, uh, how, how, how do you see the next year or so going under under Obama presidency? Well, I, I like what happened in February when he said he screwed up, when he got in trouble with cabinet appointments. I mean, it could have been the shortest honeymoon in presidential history. <laughs> um, so, but he was willing to change direction and yeah. cut his losses, and yeah. uh, that yeah. was on the issue of appointing a, a cabinet, uh, nominating uh, a cabinet member who had not paid $100,000 in taxes. And right. That kind of contrasted Gaffin. with his ethics. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you don't want that at the beginning. Uh, you, anybody that's going to cause you trouble, you need to have them withdraw right away. Yeah. Uh, there were several of those that occurred with Clinton, and he got past them. Uh, the important thing is that he's reached out to the Senate, he's reached out to Republicans to reshape the stimulus package so that uh, everybody's involved, everybody's behind it and hopefully uh, it will do some good. But uh, this, this, you know, Franklin Roosevelt didn't solve the Depression. In 1937, we, there were still 30% unemployed. We in needed the war. We needed the war to get out. Well, so God willing, we don't get right. another war to, to solve this problem. Well, we'll be continuing our discussion, but first we have to take a pause for these messages. Welcome to McKenna's on the Bay, where fine dining is complemented with a breathtaking view. McKenna's is a restaurant of incredible ambiance, providing service and cuisine with style, class, and romance. The menu offers a variety of appetizers, serious seafood, prime steaks, an oyster bar, and specialty entrees for either lunch or dinner. McKenna's on the Bay features patio dining, nightly entertainment, and two banquet facilities. No matter what your occasion, McKenna's on the Bay is like being on vacation. Join us today at McKenna's on the Bay. Founded in 1976, Polly's Gourmet Coffee is Southern California's most complete gourmet coffee store. Polly's has the best tasting coffee, freshly roasted every day right in the store. Plus a wide selection of teas, an in-house bakery, espresso bar, patio dining, and more. We also offer Wi-Fi, free internet access for all of our customers. Our nationwide clientele agree, when it comes to coffee, there's only one name to remember. Polly's, 4606 East 2nd Street, welcoming you into Belmont Shore. Take care of those who are closest to you, from our family to yours. 
McCarty's Jewelry since 1932. At Naples Rib Company, we've been around for over 20 years for a lot of good reasons. Our banquet and catering services. Our takeout and delivery. And our great commercials. Food fit for a king. Naples Rib Company for a real meal and a family deal. So we don't do great commercials. Find out what we do best at Naples Rib Company. What a fascinating discussion about uh, beloved President Abraham Lincoln, whose, uh, whose values and presidency we, we still celebrate very much uh, this year as every year, this year being his 200th anniversary of his birth. And this is our 400th Straight Talk show, and I can't think of a better topic for this show or a better guest. Craig Smith has been our guest for five, six, seven times, and thank you. Craig, so much for bringing your expertise to light on this subject. Delighted to be here at any time. Okay. And please join us next week for the next edition of Straight Talk. Good night, everyone. Straight Talk has been brought to you by Southern California Edison, The Press-Telegram, and Long Beach Magazine. And remember, Straight Talk is viewable worldwide 24-7 at straighttalktv.com.